We're back because we actually have something to talk about. Um, so the big news, Jesper Bratt signs an eight-year, $63 million contract. And who else could we possibly talk to when this happens? We have, you know, Mr. Brad Pack himself. Does everyone know your name by now? Um, no, but I, I like to leave it up to the mystery sometimes. All right. <laughs> We're going to call you Jasper. Not Jasper, Jasper. Um, so Jasper. No, you must you must be excited. Have you been drinking all day? Uh, the unfortunate answer is yes. Uh, when the extension was announced, I cracked open a bottle of champagne, and it's been uh, all downhill from there. But I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Hopefully, uh, don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> well, you've already said you're you're drinking, so so there you go. Um, now, Ricky, hello. Say hi. Hi, how's it going? Hey, buddy. Dude, this came out of nowhere. I was not expecting, especially after what we were talking about. I I swear on my kid's life, I swear to you, this morning I was going to message you and say, I just got a feeling they're going to sign somebody today. Yeah, but it the guess would have been Timo. Uh, probably. I, I would have said somebody. I wouldn't have probably picked a name, but I just had a feeling something had to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously it's good to get it done and out of the way. Um, you know, I'm sure again, Mr. Brad Pack here is ecstatic. I saw your tweet that you're st- we're stuck with you for eight more years. So uh, yeah, you know sure what? That- I <laughs> <laughs> feel bad for everyone involved here. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking around. Well, I'm going to tell you what Ricky said to me. I think it was yesterday. Um, you know, sometimes you got to bring him back off the ledge a little bit. And he said to me, if Timo signs first, then he thinks brat's a goner and i'm like i don't know if one has to do with the other but 24 hours after he said that it's it's the complete opposite now let me tell you the first thought on my mind wasn't this is a good contract this is a bad contract whatever the little thing in there it had to be intentional that it's a 63 million dollar contract which is his number yes the only thing i could think of is I was trying to picture in my head as these negotiations wrapped up, and I could just picture Fitz in the conference room on the phone, and and Brat or Brat's agent just saying on speakerphone, "I think we have a deal, but my client would like the number to be sixty three million," and I could picture Fitz hitting the mute button and just screaming into thin air, kind of like like Ari Goldwood and Entourage. Yeah. He yeah. was probably like just screaming, "Fine, you fucking prick!" <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I I think it comes from the other end. I think Jesper's agent was probably like, you know, Jack Hughes got an eight by eight, sixty four. Let's make it sixty four. And I think Fitz hit mute and turned to his advisors and was like, "You think we could sell them on sixty <laughs> three? Who was his advisor, Jack Hughes? Well, I mean, I, <laughs> he was probably, he was not probably advi- sitting there going. Not advice, his assistance, I should have said. He's, but no, I mean, I, I think it was Fitz. I was just like, I see your number, but like 63 seems kind of cool, right? You know? That could, that could have been it. Jack was probably sitting there just going, that's going to be a no from me, dog. Bring it down a little bit. Um, Jack was like, yeah. why couldn't I get 86? Right? Well, and of course, a couple people tweeted, uh, you know, Jesper got his co- his number as his contract, so Timo Meyer's getting excited. Right, um, right, right. 
So, so but, the one thing I saw was Dano was on NHL Network and did an interview, and he said from everything he knows and he believes, this is the same contract that's been on the table for the last couple months. So I don't yeah. know what changed between then and now, um, but I'm happy it's just it's done and over with. But well, you know, you know it's, good it's, for good for Fitz for kind of sticking to his guns too. It, it's honestly super interesting that he said that because everything we heard from last year, which everyone was wrong about, including me, was that there was this long, grinding, tumultuous process, right? And then Fitz, uh, uh, during this year, said, no, no, we didn't. We didn't have hard negotiations. I sent them an offer. They just ignored me. They just never got back to me. They didn't say yes. They didn't say no. And we reached arbitration day, and we signed a one-year deal. So it's, like, borderline not surprising that this wasn't really much of a negotiation. I mean, every quote that we got while it was happening was like, well, you know, it's a grinding process or whatever. But like last year, it was literally, we made them an offer, never heard back. So this year, it's kind of the same where it seems like Jesper Bratt's agent's negotiation tactic was, let's just ignore them and see what happens. Yeah, I was going to say that that's a negotiate. <laughs> that's still a negotiation tactic itself. It because is. If you're Fitz and you're saying they're not even responding to me, right? You know that it'll make him anxious. Like, oh my god, I got to show them better numbers to at least get a response. But there, and then there's... and then Fitz Fitz flopped his balls on the table and called his pulled his bluff. Well, there's an episode of Thirty Rock, which you know might be showing my age and referencing that show. But there's an episode where Alec Baldwin, um, you know Jack. just goes over negotiation tactics and it's always like you know never negotiate against yourself never talk twice in a row and it's just like Fitz floated the offer out waited months weeks years I don't know and then suddenly Jesper Bratt's agent was like hmm we're really not going to hear again from this guy like shit (laughs) well it's the same thing it's the same (laughs) thing in real estate (laughs) well dude it's the same thing in real estate like don't negotiate verbally everything in writing don't you know don't like up your offer if you don't hear back in a in a certain amount of time. So yeah, it's negotiation he, is an art. And he was you know. probably sitting at home being like, "This is what they offered two months ago. I'm just gonna wait and see if he offers more." And then two months went by, and he's like, "He's not." All right, sign it. I Listen, I I would like to think what what ended up happening today is that Fitz presented uh, Bratt's agent with a little note that said, here are the teams that are interested in trading for the rights of your client. And it was probably All like right. Ottawa, right. Winnipeg, Arizona. And then they were like, oh, shit. All right, let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's wrap this probably, up. Well, I think, I think the in the grand scheme of things, you know, we don't know what the offer was last year, but I think this expectation and the uh, was that it was around 7.25, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, you I, know, I, Jesper, Brett bet on himself. He got a little bit of a raise, but, you know, I think the Devils probably felt more comfortable doing eight years this year. Yeah. Having seen him do it back to back seasons, what he did last year, following it up. Sure, he had a bad playoff, but a lot of guys did. Um, But, you know, you have that comfort level where maybe last year they were only offering five years or six years. I think they were more comfortable going to eight now that he's had back to back really good seasons. Right. Um, And he could definitely be a part of the core of this team. I th- I, yeah, I think it worked out for everyone involved. I really, yep. for, for all we've heard about how difficult, you know, maybe one side has been, it, it really did work out for everyone involved. I think it's a fair number for a fair amount of years after we've seen him prove it for multiple years in a row. And, 
you know, if he got an extra raise and he got the term he wanted and the team had a little more security in, in who he is and the player that they have for the next eight years, I, I have no issues. I, I think it really did work out for everyone. Yeah. Right. The big criticism, just... big criticism is his playoff performance. But like there is like, I mean, you can't even tell me. I can't even count the amount of guys that have had the same criticism after one playoffs, you know, their it, first yeah. playoff struggling. And all of a sudden they become, you know, March or so this year. Like, right. You know, I don't think he did much last time they were in the playoffs. And all of a sudden the guy puts in that kind of performance this year. You know, some, you know, sometimes it's just, he could have been nervous. I mean, who who the hell knows? Well, a lot of guys were nervous. I mean, you know, Nico didn't score in the first round. Like a lot of guys didn't play great. Yeah. And it's all blown out of proportion. You know, while we're sitting there watching the devils get their, their, buttholes kicked in by Carolina <laughs> and we're sitting there saying Brat's not scoring. He's right. not scoring. Myers not scoring. Mercer's not scoring. Like, right. you know, all these guys. So of course you're going to start to, you know, that's just what fans do. You go to the extreme. And well, what I was yeah. going to say before was, you know, it's interesting enough while he hasn't been signing a contract, the conjecture about this entire thing of people thinking, Oh, he wants 9 million. He should get the fuck out of here. And, right. you know, yeah. even up to a couple of days ago, he, Oh, he only wants two or three years because he wants to cash in again. And then all of a sudden yeah. eight years, reasonable number. Right. It's just, that's just how it goes. You know? Yeah. No, it, you know, it, and that's the beauty of being a fan. Honestly, I, I wouldn't trade it. I, I think we get it wrong so many times and we get so many, different aspects of it so incorrect and i wouldn't trade it for the world i think it's the fun of being a fan because we're never gonna know what's actually going on and that's okay we can just have fun in the meantime and I, and i'm totally cool with that but at, at the end of the day we do have to then turn around and admit okay we were wrong about everything because everything you we've heard He's demanding nine he wants four years not eight he won't accept eight he's playing hardball that way it, it it turns around and everyone was just wrong and and it's okay but now we have to admit that you know yeah of course and just that's that's what it's like being a fan of a sports team because yeah. we're not privy to the, to the negotiation and everything we hear is either bullshit or it's an <laughs> exaggeration that's that yes. might even be coming from one of the two sides just to sort of right throw it out there you never know you, you really never know how this stuff goes because you know, it could be somebody from the Devils that leaks to a reporter that, oh, this guy's looking for $9 million. And then the discussion becomes, oh, my God, this guy's an asshole. So then the yeah. pressure goes on the player to get it done. And, right. Um, and, and the so. one other thing I just wanted to touch on real quick is, as fans, I don't know if it's a detriment or a luxury. I, I genuinely, I generally consider it a luxury. But we let emotion dictate pretty much everything we 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 really have the ability to react overreact you know knee jerk um you know if we lose a game we're the worst team in the world if we win a game we're the best team in the world and if you look at the and i i I don't know how you guys feel about this particularly but the the analytics like the hard numbers of it jesper bratt and and nico hishier to this point had a very healthy slump in the playoffs the the ups and downs of being a hockey player, Jesper Bratt hit a very normal, healthy, average slump. He wasn't great. I totally admit that. He was not great in the playoffs. But the 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 numbers show that what he did was very normal of a player, his stature. So we as fans get to say he's trash, it was bad, it was disappointing, while 
guys in, or guys and girls, you know, um, in the front office are looking at the numbers, looking at the performance and saying, no, what he did was pretty normal. He's still worth what he's worth. And we're still going to give him what we think he's going to do moving forward. So, you know, we get this one limited look at him in one playoff run and we're going to give him eight years. He could pop off for seven of the next eight playoffs. And that's what they are projecting by giving him this contract. And we as fans get to say, well, we haven't seen it yet, so we're going to be mad until we see it. But next year, he could score, you know, five game-winning goals in a row, you know? And, and we're all going to be like, oh, wow, this was a steal of a contract. And it's the beauty of being a sports fan, for sure. But we also, like I said, when after the fact, we have to admit we're wrong. We also kind of have to reel it in and admit, hey, was the 12 games he played this game this year great? Probably not. Is that really what we're going to get for the rest of his career? Probably not. So I have full faith in it. Well, you remember so Nico Hischer. I want to, I want to piggyback off something you said real quick before we move on to Nico. So I was in the car today thinking about this, and I'm as guilty as anybody with the way the team is struggling against Carolina, blaming Jesper Brad for all the problems. Right. And I think he took a lot, a little bit of unfair criticism because if you look across the roster, how many guys really didn't perform that well. And, you know, Dougie was injured and, you know, he underperformed and a lot of guys underperformed. But I mean, even back in the Rangers series, he didn't do much. But if you think about, you know, game three where you're down 0-2, you're in you're in overtime and he makes that play to Dougie for the game winner. You know, right. you can't overlook that play just because it's only one play. I mean, that changed the whole series. You Absolutely. may you may get swept. You may get swept if not for that one play. So, you know, I think he obviously takes some unfair criticism. And I think some of it has to do with people. Uh, I don't want to say don't like you, but there are people, you know, you obviously know there's people on Twitter that like root against, oddly root against Jesper Brad just because they no. don't want you to be happy, which is <laughs> fucking, which is fucking stupid, but it's true. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, I was, I was obviously harsh on him just like anybody else, you know, a lot of the devil's fan base was, but if you really sit back and think about the playoff, you know, think about the playoffs, uh, and the impact he, he had, he, he made some good plays. They may not have shown up on the highlights of, you know, the play, but again, that play right. to Dougie is one of the biggest plays of round one, you know, that they even made as a team. I mean, realistically, we may not get out of round one without that. No, it might get swept. You might go down three, nothing and it's over. Right. Yeah. Well, you guys are right. And the only thing I was bringing up with Nico is, is what you're going to see with Brad is what you saw with Nico after signing that contract where no one thought Nico was worth it for a while. And, and you just know that three games into next season, if Brad's got like zero or one goals, then, then <laughs> the narrative's changing to, oh, my God, he's not worth his contract. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. too long and too much money. So fans are never happy. This shit's not going to be over for... You know, if he gets 70 plus points next year, everybody will be happy. And I don't think anybody will talk about his contract I, anymore. But I can't even tell you the amount of bookmarks I made today on Twitter of people saying that that contract <laughs> was a bad contract. I have so many fucking receipts ready to go for next year. So I, many. I also oh. think people sometimes lose sight of um, quite what value is worth, uh, you know, a certain amount of production where he got 7.8. And I feel like there's going to be people that if he doesn't score a hundred points next year are going to be like, Oh my God, we overpaid. And they're going to forget that 7.8 is not necessarily worth a 100 point player. So no matter what he does, they're going to say, Oh my God, we paid him all this money, this premier money or whatever to, to, to not meet my expectations. Like 
7.8 for a 70-point player is super fair. Look at all of the comparables. You I was got, just going to um, say, look at Cole Caulfield. Yeah. He, he had 36 yeah. points this year. He had 43 the year before. He's two years younger, sure. But, you know, Jesper's yeah. put up 270-point uh, seasons in a row, and they're yeah. making the same amount of money. Well, and, and look at guys like Kevin Fiala and Jordan Cairo. Yep. So when, when we look at the comparables, when Jesper Bratt signs an eight-year deal and he doesn't turn out to be Austin Matthews, people are going to be like, oh, my God, we overpaid. Look at who he's really up against. He's going to, I mean, you know, knock on wood, don't cold takes me exposed here or whatever, but he's going to live up to it. The value that we have for him doesn't set an expectation of a heart trophy in the next eight years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and there's, there's other guys on the devils that are going to hopefully be winning heart trophies like Jack Hughes or, you know, right. but, or, or Luke Hughes, Luke Hughes, you never know, but, um, <laughs> Norris, Norris for him. No. And we go back to talking about this negotiation and everything. And you also have to give it to Fitz here because that guy will not sign a, a deal that hurts this team. And, I no. even think some attention should be paid to the fact that if this negotiation was happening next off season when the cap's uh, supposed to go up four to five million, the first number of this deal is an eight. Absolutely, um, no doubt yeah. about it. This yeah. deal in four years at seven point eight, four years from now, could be the equivalent of a current six point eight. A, a Jack Hughes type steal. Like Absolutely. he's not going to put up a hundred points, but I mean, yeah, everybody. Jack is underpaid now, and hopefully we say the same thing about Bratton a little bit. So, um, Jack, he messed up the whole market. Yeah, he did. He did. But so, uh, so, I don't know if you saw this tweet today, but players with fewer five v five points, you know, five on five points, and Justin Bratton last two. (laughs) Oh, I saw this one. (laughs) Ovechkin, Hints, Huberto, Zabinajad, Miller, Barzal, Larkin, Horvet, Aho, Barkoff, and Brady Kachuk, and he's making less money than all of them. It's crazy, yeah. and and it's taking us so, a long time. And as people Devils are mad about to, it. Yeah, well, it's taking us years to get out of this whole thing where everything bad is going to happen to us and everything's bad news. And right now, if we're talking about the last big name that Fitz needs to get under control, Timo Meyer, I have no reservations about this. Like, I'm confident that any day, kind of like this breath thing just happened, we're going to hear Meyer eight years, eight and a half million, maybe maybe a little more, a little less, like. So I, just, I think, with, yeah, with, with his with his negotiation, I think the most he can get in arbitration is 8.5. So if that's the number everyone's thinking he's going to get anyway, there's literally no rush to get it done right now. I'd rather well, get it done sooner than later, but there's no rush. That, that would be for a one-year arbitration. Right, it'd be one year. It'd be one year. Right. I would love to avoid that, but still, that gives you a lot of time to negotiate between now and arbitration. And if he gets 8.5, you still have to negotiate... And you know that again, like with Brett, you get a season of him in your system, yeah. see how he plays, see how he performs. That may be the route they want to go before they spend eight and a half, nine million dollars on him. If he puts up a 90, 80, 90 point season, you fucking pay him nine million. Yeah, I mean, and it's like you said, it's the same thing with Brett last summer. Everyone thought that this $5.45 million one year deal was a death sentence. And look where we are today. Well, everyone was also thinking uh, maybe they don't understand how the arbitration thing works, but I think what did the devils go into arbitration offering? It was like five flat or like four. No, eight or they, something. They, they offered 4.15. Yeah. So everybody was like, oh my God, we're going to lose this player. What the hell is the team doing? And I'm like, 
that's yeah, that's just, just how, how arbitration, arbitration works. works. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of, and you know what? I I, I said this on a Twitter space earlier. Um, I don't expect most fans to understand stuff like this, and I don't mean that in a condescending way. I just mean that like, unless you're a diehard fan, like if you're a casual fan. To know the ins and outs of restricted free agency arbitration, that is like three layers deep of being a fan. I don't expect everyone to to you know go that deep. So I don't blame any fan that doesn't understand what's going on. And it's not for a lack of like intelligence or anything. It's just for a fact, uh, uh, you know, you just don't go that deep. So anyone worrying about it, I don't blame you, but don't worry about it. Like this is normal. This is standard practice. Don't worry about it. I, you know, it, it, it's going to be okay. What they did was buy themselves time for negotiation. So when you see them saying, "Oh, we're electing for arbitration," that doesn't mean they're going to arbitration. There's not, you know, we still have two months, um, give or take, before that happens. So any and, fan and the negotiation just started, according to Fitz, it was like a what a week started. or two ago. It, it right. just so, buys them a little yeah. time. If, yeah. the, if he was a UFA, I'd be shitting myself. He's it, yes. Either way, he's a devil next year. Yeah, no matter what. So that's fine. I, we don't I'm have to worry concerned. about yeah. Timo. But right. yeah, the only way you're going to understand all the financial ins and outs of this crap is if you do like I do and listen to every single thirty-two thoughts <laughs> and Jeff Merrick's show and and the Darren Dreger's podcast and like, you know, you know, I don't expect everybody to do that. But by, by the way, this is a total uh, kind of side note. We can move on, but I just want to say I I tweeted this before. Uh, I, I truly mean it. I appreciate the Twitter users that listen to 32 thoughts and then tweet everything they say as if so you don't the, have you know, to listen to their own it. report. So I yeah. don't have to, I have never once listened to an Elliot Freeman podcast and it's not for a lack of interest in hockey. It's just like, I already consume so much that like I try to limit on the outside what I also consume. I appreciate every single person that synthesizes 32 thoughts on Twitter so that I don't have to thank shout you so out, much. <laughs> shout out, shout out, shout out NHL watcher account. That's the one I mainly, <laughs> I mainly see tweeting word for word, the entire interview. Yeah. No, I no. Every I, single thing that, that Elliot Friedman does. Yo, and Jeff chase <laughs> that, chase that clout. I'm here for it. <laughs> it helps me yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. Um, before, all right. So, I want to move on to something. There's a topic I kind of want to talk about that I didn't prep anybody on because I want to get your genuine thoughts on it. Um, so this was after seeing uh, Kachuk's injury and how Brady Kachuk had to stay with him and help him get out of bed in the morning after. Right. Now, let me ask you this. At what point does the NHL start to raise some some eyebrows at the fact that this is happening now every year where, you know, the Stanley Cup is the NHL showcase. They want the ratings. They want the best teams. They want the best players. And year after year, half these guys are crippled and they're having surgery. You did not get the best of the Florida Panthers. Ekblad could barely skate. Kachuk could barely stay alive. Like the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup finals have no longer been best on best healthy teams. And I think the product is kind of suffering a little bit because of that. And but they never have. But they never. It's not like this is a new thing. This has been going on for literally ever. It's, but it's getting worse because of how much faster the game is. How much like, you know, these games are pretty physical in a in a stand. Bro. You know, in a in a point where like there's fights after every whistle and guys taking cheap shots and stuff. And um, yeah, but think about think about old time hockey. The fucking goalies didn't even wear masks. 
Like, you know, we're talking. Yeah, but the goalies didn't wear masks when guys didn't have uh, composite sticks shooting the puck 110 miles an hour. I understand. They were taking miles per hour. An 80 mile per hour shot to the face hurts just as much. Dude, back then, guys were taking shots and goalies didn't even go down. If you look at all the the highlights from back in the day, the goalies would just stand there and then look behind them and go, oh, oh, they scored. Yeah. So. It's just starting to be a little ridiculous because could you imagine if the Devils were in the finals and Jack Hughes had to miss a game and Dougie Hamilton, who gets injured anyway, couldn't shoot the puck because he had a broken wrist? Like, when is I the mean, next team that, your team? When is the next that, time that your team actually, is going to get back? That, that, that actually happened. happened. <laughs> that literally happened. Yeah. 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 It happened, I think, what, against Carolina. Said, uh, yeah. So, when the is the next game, time the Florida you know, Panthers are getting back or... to the finals? And, and I don't know. It just seems kind of lame to me that. Um, a guy like Matthew Kachuk, who got the team there, who was their MVP, um, could hardly like get out of bed. You know, just well. I mean, what's sh- the alternative though? You can't shorten the season. You can't shorten the playoffs. Like, uh, what's the alternative? That's that's the slippery yeah, I, slope. Because uh, I was talking to my wife about that the other day, and she said, and she's never heard these discussions before. Um, but she said the magic word. She's like, well, maybe later in the season guys have to sit out to stay healthy and i'm like that's load management and that's what everybody is giving the nba but, shit for but uh, but hold on the the kachuk injury happened during the cup final series uh, shortening the season for him would not have done anything do you think he was 100 percent going in the playoffs i mean i don't for, think anybody from, is no but know. from from what we've been told the broken sternum came on the hit from keegan colasar in game two Nothing would have prevented that in terms of load management. And and to answer your question very bluntly, uh, uh, not that I agree with this answer, not that I think this is how it should be, but to answer the question of at what point does this change, the answer is no point. It's not going to change. Uh, th- there's there's a culture, there's an attitude about playing, you know, for the cup, playing, you know, doing anything you can, and the answer is. These players, if they can stand on two skates, are going to be in the game. And it's unfortunate. I don't agree with it. But even look at college sports. In, in the NCAA March Madness final this past year, uh, Armando Bacot from uh, UNC. Guy, like, broke his ankle in the first half and was trotting out for the second half. Clearly hopped up on steroids. Like, guy did not even know what planet he was on. And play the second half of that game. It, it's 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 a discussion that we need to have with sports as a whole in terms of do anything you can to win a championship. But the unfortunate answer is until the medical staff is given direction from the higher ups to be like, hey, these are the injuries that players cannot come back from. It's not going to change. It's just not. So I happen to agree with you. And. You know, I do agree with that. And I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's a good discussion. Um, The number one thing, even before you talk about anyone's health, is if you shorten the playoffs at all, like even the first round is best of five instead of best of seven, it's going nowhere because you're taking money out of the pockets of TV rights holders, teams, uh, players even like. Anybody making one game's worth less money, it's just not yes. going to happen. So, well, not not only that, but um, I, I I saw a tweet a couple weeks ago. 
I forget who it was from, but it was a reputable source. You'll just have to trust me on that. The the parity of the NHL compared to a league like the NBA, um, they they said that to get the same results from a seven game NBA series, you'd have to play like a fifty three game NHL series to get the true like better team winning every time kind of thing. Seven game series are already anyone can win, and if we're going for a playoffs where the champion at the end of the season is the best team and we extensively found that out, you know, effectively, they will never shorten the playoffs. It just won't no. happen. No. And so I got two things. One to, to going back to your NCAA analogy there real quick. There was a kid that plays for Notre Dame lacrosse. I don't know if you guys saw this story. He, I want to say tore his hamstring going into the national championship game and legitimately Used duct tape and string to like put something on his leg so he could play, and they ended up winning. So <laughs> it was it was crazy. Like they rigged something up like himself just so he could play in the game. Uh, so yeah, just to you know, guys are gonna. There's no chance. I mean, like you know, you know from yourself. Like if you had a chance to do something, like you know, let's say a game seven of Stanley Cup final, something you've been dreaming about since you were a kid. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the injury is. Just give me give me a shot. I'm playing. Like it just does not matter. Not not to um, mention and, unless you're going to do a full medical evaluation which could take a very long time, they're just going to lie. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and there becomes there 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 becomes a time where it's, you know, diminishing results, you know, where they're actually hurting the team by playing, but you know, a guy like Kachuk playing at 50% is is better than most guys playing at a hundred. So, you know, it, and it's not necessarily what he's doing on the ice, but in the locker room, you know, guys see your leader is playing through something like that. that that's huge. Uh, yeah, it, you it's, know, it, it's not right, but it's never going to, it's stop. not right, but it's not going to change. And so the other thought I had possibly is start the, start the season a week early and somewhere around end of February, early March, have a week off, like a bye week, basically like they do that. Yeah, each team. Well, I mean, all together. No, but I mean, all together. Just no, shut I, it NHL, down for a week. NHL teams get two bye weeks now. I think. No, I know, but late in the season, end of let's say early March before the playoffs start, shut the whole the whole league down for a week, like a bye week, a full bye week where everyone's off at the same time, so it's an even playing field. Again, I don't think they're going to do it, but if that's if that's helps somebody, you know, make it through the playoffs a little better. And so be it. But like you said, they're not they're not shortening the playoffs. There's no chance of that. And I don't think shortening the regular season means anything or does anything. Like no. you said, that injury happened in the finals. What are you going to do about it? it it's just yeah. also it sucks, a bummer that like some of these guys have to actually start missing games next year because of the surgeries yeah. they're going to need for shit like this. Like, I, I hate to see that, especially star players. And I'm sure the NHL wants Matthew Kachuk playing. But yeah, I think honestly, there's, there's really nothing you could do about it. Yeah, and, and when it comes down to it, for a guy like Matthew Kachuk on the Florida Panthers, do you think he would rather miss the first two weeks of the regular season next year versus playing in the Stanley Cup Final? Oh, yeah, for sure. Everybody knows what his answer would be. Um, right. It, it's, 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 it's a culture thing that it's like, I don't want to even, I don't, I don't want to say it's a necessary evil because it's really not necessary, but it's, it's just one of those things that, there's just so much around it and there's so many different factors that go into it that 
It's just never going to change, unfortunately. Eh. It's all right. It's okay. Maybe uh, maybe we'll have to deal with that soon, with the Devils hopefully making it to the finals um, in short order. And I think that's where we're headed, especially if they lock Timo up like we think they're going to. Um, so while, while we're on that subject, yeah. let's, let's take some predictions. What do you guys think he's going to get? Um, all right, so I'm not going to change my original prediction. My prediction for the last like six months for Brat was eight years, 7.75. No, 7.75, and it ended up being 7.85. So, uh, Banger. Banger. Yeah, I was honestly really close. So I was saying 8.5 for um, for Timo. So if that turns out to be 8.75, whatever. So I'm going to go with 8 times 8.5. I think, I think everything we thought about Brat, I think, is going to be true for Timo. I, I think that, and this, I think this is to the fans' detriment for not kind of reading between the lines because a lot of what we saw from Brat and Fitzgerald and stuff was Fitzgerald said, we want to keep Brat long-term eight years. Brat said, I want to stay here long-term. And, you know, people had their doubts. They said, oh, well, you know, what we've seen may not indicate that, whatever. And then he signs for eight years. I, I think what people think about Brat may be true for Timo, where Timo may want to sign a four-year deal, you know, take him till he's 30 and then grab another monster contract. So all of this kind of stigma that we've placed upon Jesper Bratt, we kind of have to watch out for, for Timo Meyer because he has friends on the team, but he has no real career connection to the Devils. He's been on the team for less than half a season you know, he has no obligation to say, oh, I love New Jersey. I'm going to stay here forever. He's chasing the bag. Everything we accused Jesper Bratt of doing, we have no idea if Timo Bratt is, uh, <laughs> Timo Meyer is doing that. So, so what's your kinda, prediction then? I think, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets an eight year, like nine, nine and a half million. But if I had to put money on it, I would say Timo Meyer grabs a bridge deal of three to five years max at around nine million and and tries to cash out on a second contract, whether it's with the Devils or not. I just don't think he has the same allegiance to the vision that other players have. I like I said, everything that we put on Brat, put on Timo at this point. So Ricky, give me your prediction and then eight times eight. Up. No, I would love that. I would love no, that. No, come I, on. I think they are really. I think the bone of contention is they really don't want anyone making more than Jack. And if I you don't statistically look that, at the team, but, but they can't but force if you him look, to accept that. They idea. can't force him to accept it. But if you look at the team and you say, Timo, look at your numbers. Jack just put up the best season in team history. Do you Timo think you're worth more than he is? Do you think you're worth more than he is? The report. No, see. All right, Ricky, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you a little bit here. I think Devils fans have been so deluded by the the Jack Hughes contract, where Jack Hughes is not being paid market value, and we have convinced ourselves that Jack Hughes is worth what he's being paid. So the argument becomes no, he's worth way more than that. No, but 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 that's kind of my point in. 
if Jack Hughes makes eight and someone else comes along and says, I want more than eight, our knee-jerk reaction is, oh, so you think you're worth more than Jack Hughes? But Jack Hughes is worth more than Jack Hughes. If Jack Hughes was making ten and a half, which he's worth, and Timo came along and said, I want nine, we would be like, yeah, no, that's about correct in relation to Jack Hughes. So Jack Hughes making eight is almost a detriment to fan, fan opinion here where we have like the market value so skewed because we think eight is the best player on the team. And for most teams in the NHL, that's just not true. So, well, I, I think, yeah. you know, two things here. I think Fitz, you know, off record or on record, had to have talked to Timo's agent at some point yeah. and say, you know, what are you guys looking for? Before they even made the trade or right after they made the trade. Well, I don't the, Sharks, think... the Sharks offered him over nine and he declined. He right. didn't want to be there, I don't it, think. He didn't want to be there. Yeah, well, was, yeah. Right, right, right. And they I'm, had not no saying, I'm not saying over nine is the market value for every single team. It was the Sharks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but right. for him to get a va- an offer over nine and decline, no matter who it is, says that he's not going to take eight. That doesn't necessarily. That's not necessarily true. And the reason I'm saying it is, we've doubted Fitz time and time again. Myself, very much included. Especially last off season, we were writing his obituary, and he's found a way to to sell this vision of the team to these players and their agents. If you're going to tell me that you're, you know, look at the team you have in front of you, look at the prospect pool, we could legitimately be cup contenders for the next eight years. And if you tell me I'm going to give you eight, I'm going to give you $64 million to do it, or you can go make another five, $10 million playing somewhere where you're never going to sniff the playoffs. So you barely, you know, once every couple of years, you know, if I'm a competitor, which I feel like Timo is, I would take. I mean, $64 million is not nothing, is nothing to well, sneeze at. I mean, so we're, not, we're not looking at an extra five. If we go from eight to nine and a half, that's one and a half times eight. Yeah, we're looking like at 10. No, we're um, looking at like 13, 14 no, no, no. million dollars. Oh, all on right, the table. All right. All right. Hold on. I think the answer lies sort of in between what you guys are saying. So I don't think that Fitz is saying no one can make more than than Jack. But I think there's value in him sort of conducting business like that. So you avoid a Toronto Edmonton Maple Leaf situation, Edmonton no, no, no. Toronto situation. So, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, because if he goes ahead and hands out nine and a half million dollars to um, to Timo, then the next big UFA, you know, 10. that's yeah, that's their number. So I think maybe not can't pay anybody more than Jack, but I think Fitz has a lot of motivation to keep that number as close to eight as humanly possible and that's where i think all that talk comes in about how he needs to sell new jersey to the players that the team will sell itself the area will sell itself because guys are going to have to start negotiating keeping in mind that he's got to build a team around them to keep them competitive for a very long time because edmonton if they don't win a cup in the next two to three years they're going to have an issue and toronto's already got that issue and they're already on the other side of it of their gm is gone um yeah, but Toronto has like four guys making over ten. I, I really think we're overestimating here. Well, I think that's where you end up if you start just giving out contracts to people and saying, "Oh, you want ten? You're worth ten. Here you go." Um, you know, you want a cutesy little your contract ends in a three four because that's your number. Yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> it's going to cost them, you know, Neilander for sure. 
Well, somebody somebody made a, a trade proposal on Twitter the other day that the devil should trade for before this whole Brat thing went down, like Brat plus whatever, plus a first or something for Mitch Marner because Marner's a better player or whatever. And, and regardless of whether that's true or not, trading Brat for Marner also would have cost the devil's Timo because it adds now $4 million on to... Yeah, and it cabin. doesn't, and it and it doesn't help Toronto either with their cap yeah. situation. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't help <laughs> right. them. It doesn't help us. So, like, you start signing guys to deals like that, they become untradeable if you don't win the cup. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, I think eight Ricky would be amazing. I think eight five would be nice, but if it ends up being eight seven five, who gives a shit? It just listen. Me, if he gets nine million dollars a year, I don't get it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not going to care. Gonna celebrate. Yeah. I'm going to fucking celebrate. I'm just saying I, I'm I'm putting my trust in Fitz right now that he's going to try to keep this down as much as he can, and he's proven that he can do that. I mean, he may not be able to in this situation, and is what it is. But I, I've gone from again writing Fitz's obituary, get this guy the fuck out of here. To he he's earned the benefit of the doubt for me for sure. Uh, I'd say so, honestly, anything under nine five, be okay with. I, I think so. But Mr. Mr. Bradpack, are you interested in making a gentleman's pork chop bet over the length of the contract? <laughs> um, you know what? I, f- f- in, in the spirit of gamesmanship. Yes. All right. If he it. gets seven or eight years, you're buying pork chops. If it's a bridge three to five or less pork chops are on me. Seven or six, eight. Yeah. Seven yeah, or eight pork six, chops are on me. If it's six, we're all going out to dinner and paying for our own pork chops. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'll yeah. You need that. to have. Well, yeah. When you're doing the betting, it's got to have, you know, three sets where everybody, everybody loses. Um, so I, I think know. next up after, after those two, obviously, I think it's Hollow, which I think is going to get done pretty quick. Yeah. No, Hollow's is going to be easy. It's going to be a three year deal for two to three million. It, yeah. It, it'll it, be, I, I said three by three, which I think makes sense. Three um, by three is fine. More I think he's more interested in term than, yeah. than money. More interesting to me is I still want to bring Tatar back. Uh, I think he could play uh, on the gone. third. He's you think gone. so? Yeah. Is it I because mean, of the? Is it because of the locker clean out day? Like he, the whole thing about him not doing an exit meeting? Uh, I, th- I think there's a couple things. Um, one being yes, uh, the locker clean out day thing was a big gesture for me because I don't know how old he is exactly, but he's got to be 30, 31. He's thirty two. You know, he's thirty two he knows how locker room day works. Like this is not, it's not a rookie who dipped out and was like, Oh, I didn't know. You know, like he, I'm not he knows, sure. He's sort of been kicked off of every team he's ever been on. So no, maybe he, he just assumed no, that he was done. Stop. He, he, he has been on enough teams and played enough seasons to know that you have exit interviews. That was so ridiculous <laughs> for him, for him to clear out that fast was very, very strong gesture. The, the other thing to me is that, he signed with the Devils 4.5 for two years. Is he worth 4.5? I don't think so, compared to what we have. Is he worth 4.5 to another team? Maybe. It would be irresponsible for him to take less with us to be around for another year or two, let's say, as opposed to what we already have in guys like Clark and Foot and whatever that can reasonably slot into his spot for him to not get the money somewhere else. So I think him leaving on locker room day was a gesture to say, I know I'm gone. I don't want to deal with it. Put someone else in my spot. I'm going to go get paid 4 million somewhere else. If he doesn't want to win, because like 
No, you, know, he, you cares? He's gonna make four million dollars doing something all else. All right, all right. Because I think he'll take Detroit... he'll take a one year deal for uh, like five million or some shit like that. Yes, to play yeah. somewhere shitty and then get traded at the deadline to a contender. He's if not gonna get more than that. Yeah, it, well, he's not gonna get a term contract. He's entering the part of his career where he's gonna get one to two year deals for the rest of his career until he can't play anymore. He's gonna get some money. He he's not in a place anymore to sign like an Andre Palat deal to say, Hey, I'll sign with you for six years. Cause I want to win a title here in the next six years. He's not that kind of guy. He's not at that kind of age. He's gone. Uh, it, we have, no, we have, listen, we have listen, guys who can take that slot. He's also at the time of his career where the devils just gave him an opportunity that he hasn't had anywhere else that, you know, his, his prior team, the Canadians scratched him in the playoffs. Vegas traded for him and didn't want to keep him, you know, and, and Detroit, he left after you know spending a good number of years there. So the the Devils he featured in in on this team in every game on the second power play unit. He was a monster plus minus. He was all up and down the lineup playing with our best players. So you're telling me that without even thinking about it, he's out the door to where he wouldn't even say like, "Give me two years at four or three and a half, and let me yeah. win a cup with you guys." Like, absolutely, he's a stepping. He, the Devils were a stepping stone for him. At, at 32? 32? Wow. All right. No, well, no, I don't I don't mean a stepping stone in the sense of like a bridge deal. I just mean a stepping stone in the sense of he showed with the Devils as a 32-year-old, I'm still worth a contract, someone give it to me. And I know it's not here. I think I think personally in the Devils head or in my head at least, it came down to who's more valuable, Hall or Tatar. I don't think you're going to you were going to sign both of them you know, to any sort of term or money at the, the price too. Hall is going to get three. Right. If Tatar's right. looking for five, right. answer. <laughs> I think Hall. I said. I think I said this to Andrew earlier or somebody else. Where not only can you pay Hall, give him three years because I'm sure he wants term to kind of finish his career out in one place. You know, all these guys, they all have families. You know, we don't think about that stuff, but you know, moving around a lot sucks. So I think he's looking for term. I think you give him three years. That pretty much wraps up his career, but he has yep. the tool set where as he gets a little older, maybe he loses a little foot speed, he can be your fourth line center without a question. He can still win your faceoffs. He's got veteran leadership. He's the kind of guy you want on your team. Um, Tatar, yeah, I mean, he just doesn't. Again, he's going to want more money, you know, like you said, here. all that stuff. But I also think the Devils are not going to go into next season with the same roster they're looking to upgrade obviously and i think that four million dollars is a big amount of money to add into the pool where you can go out and get maybe a barbashev or someone like that that you can add a little skill to the team all right so let me ask you this mr brad pack and it's something that ricky and i have talked about so looking at the roster coming up and looking at the the guys that are knocking on the door that mm -hmm. are going to be in the league next year it's easy to say that Tatar, Wood, Graves, and Severson are going to be replaced with Foot, Clark slash Holtz, Hughes, and Nemitz. Uh, yes. Nemitz, however you pronounce it. But Nemitz. while that sounds great, you're making the second youngest team in the league younger and no more ready for a grueling postseason. So I don't think that should be the answer on how you just let the kids come up and the team becomes more young and uh, younger and more inexperienced. So what would you do? Like, who do you bring in? 
Well, I mean, I think there's always a question mark when it comes to free agency, where did anyone expect to sign Brendan Smith as our 6D last year? Not a single soul would have said Brendan Smith was going to get signed. Still don't want to believe it. <laughs> yeah, not that not that that was even a great move, but my point and is, and he still has another year left. <laughs> oh, did did anyone expect us to get Wayne Simmons for a year at five million? No, the Wayne train. <laughs> my my point is just that GMs have a way of filling in with these guys that, if they perform well, they have a spot, and if they don't perform well, the young guy can take their spot. Tatar, at this point in time, at least, he's he's 32. He had a great season. He's going to command four or five million. He may even be looking for like a four-year contract, let's say, 32 to 36, finish out his career somewhere. I don't want it to be with the Devils. You know, it's just not what we're looking for at this time. So if we were to sign someone for a year or two as some sort of insurance plan to make sure the kids are ready and, and cycle those kids in, I mean... I got, I got the perfect guy for you. Who's that? I don't know if he's willing to take one or two years, but you take Tatar's $4 million and what you give think? it to Ryan, you give it to Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, gee, I mean, that's not going to happen. Uh, he's, nah. I, listen, I've seen, I have seen multiple people tweet about it that are not yeah. fucking Eklund that said that the devils have interest in O'Reilly. Uh, they they may, uh, who knows? Maybe that might happen. But my point is, Look at last year into this year, a guy like Fabian Zetterland, okay? He was in contention with Holtz, Foot, Clark, Zetterland. We don't need four guys to be NHL ready. We need one out of four to be NHL ready. So if we keep that spot open and keep it open for, you know, Clark, Holtz, Foot, whoever we have that proves they're NHL ready, we don't need all three of them to be or, or whoever else even, we just need one of them to be. And if we give a spot to that, to a guy like last year's Zetterland, I don't see a problem with that. I, I, I really don't think that's a make or break thing. I don't think that hurts, you know, it doesn't hurt the salary cap. It's good for the salary cap. It, it, that's what training camp is for. If they add uh, some, sort of, some sort of insurance plan through like a veteran, like Tatar on like a, not like Tatar, but when we signed Tatar, I mean, on a one, two year deal for maybe two or three million. It is what it is. But I don't think making the team younger is necessarily an issue when you have so many younger guys ready to take that spot because you don't need all of them to take it. You just need one of them to take it. And I'm okay taking that risk that one of them can. I think you're going to see them sign a right handed veteran defenseman to like a one year deal, like a. I don't know, like a Travis Hamanick, Radko Gouda, something like that. Sure. Just as a sure. little bit of insurance for Nemitz. Um, I think that's a move they're going to make. I really think they're going to add a veteran forward to that group um, with Tatar's money. I really think that's going to happen. Uh, like I said, O'Reilly, something like that. You know, O'Reilly's a proven, proven playoff performer. He was not healthy last year. He still played decent with Toronto. He played decent in the playoffs. Um, it's not a guy that I would turn down at all um, adding to this team. But like you said, we do need to leave those spots open. Like, you know, you know, Wood's gone. I think, I, I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't re-sign Bastion. 
I think some for some reason they're gonna probably like one year, one million, something like that. Uh, but personally, I'd rather see like Foot bring somebody else in. I'm not huge on Lazar. I never was. I don't like that he's signed for like the next 400 years too. Um, was he? Is he on that big? He's, of a <laughs> he's only so, making a million, but he's he's making. I think he's signed for like two more years, three more years. Yeah, the next season um, and the season um, after. Um, he's currently the fifth highest paid forward on the team. One million. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's a million dollars. Well, hold that's on, how hold many on, contracts uh, I, I got one for you guys and we can spend the next three hours on this no we're gonna we're gonna end right after this there's a first round pick coming up in the system that should get a chance in the next year or two and that's all the time we got thank you very much for <laughs> <laughs> dude i don't want to talk about Stolen. he went I he went number 29 overall <laughs> <laughs> oh no casey no. texted me <laughs> he knows. No. Um, <laughs> no, look, that's fine. Honestly, to my whole thoughts on the Stillman thing, like the Devils franchise does not need him to pan out. He could, he could quit no, hockey no. and go sell re- real estate in Wisconsin for all I give a shit. Like, but if he turns into, and regardless of that, he was a first rounder. If he turns into a good third line, two way agitator, pots 10, 15 goals, but he's a a good, reliable player. That's the most I want. Andrew, Andrew. The best case scenario is you get Michael McLeod with a couple more yeah, goals. I was going to say, Chase Stillman's going to be McLeod with McLeod's in jail. Well, that's also... So now that the season's over, that's when they were predicting that the uh, results of this investigation they, they, were they, they did say it's coming out soon. We don't have to talk about that now, though. No, but the whole thing has been, you know, honestly, we have to say innocent till proven guilty. It doesn't look for him. It doesn't look good for him. But if he was involved... We all obviously all want him gone, so there's really no discussion there. Um, but one more yeah. one thing I wanted to bring up. I know we have all off season to talk about this, but I'm going to bring it up since it was asked to me today by a Ranger fan. Believe it or not, shout out Will. Uh, yeah, no, um, hello Buck. You know, would they do that trade? Do they have a reason to do that trade? And if they did, do you sign him to an extension? Do you not sign him? What do you do? Um, I want oh. them to go into preseason telling Schmid that the net is his mm-hmm. and telling Vanacek that he can compete. You know, Vanacek's going to be 1B and he'll play 30 games if Schmidt's the starter. I honestly think you have something there. And obviously Schmidt got lit up against Carolina, but to throw that kid in there in that Rangers series to have him perform the way that he did, I think. You know, Hellebucks aren't available all the time, but I think you owe it to him to find out if he's the, the goalie of this team's future and you give him the net. That's just my opinion. I would say no on Hellebuck. I think Schmid even got necessarily lit up as, as much as you just implied. I think Vanacek got lit up way worse. He did, and Schmid was also, and so was Vanacek, a victim of a young team um, facing some adversity and just falling apart. Um, those were all. That was all. Those blowout losses was just this team having no idea what to do, had to claw back in a playoff game. Because when they lost, they lost fucking hard. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I never blame any of that shit on the goalies. But again, I think Schmidt is is your starter, or you give him the chance to be. So let me paint a picture for you with some dollars and cents, real quick. So if if they trade for Hellebuck, let's say, let's say you trade Holtz or whatever you trade. Vitek's got to go with it, so 
the trade-off there is you're adding $2.7 million in contract to have Hellebuck over VTech. If you do that, right, and you still have Hellebuck play, let's say, 60 games or 50 games, you give Schmid 32, you, ha- you set yourself up for to be in a good position. If Schmidt takes over and he plays well, you're basically paying Hellebuck $2.7 million to be your backup goalie. When he becomes a free agent, you lose him, but you also gave yourself the insurance that Schmidt's not a flash in the pan from the playoffs, and he actually is a legitimate goalie. And you go and maybe you trade, you know, next in the next offseason, you go to, to Nashville and you, and you get Soros or something for a year or two. He's making like $5 million, something like that. And you have them be your backup to Schmidt. And if Schmidt's not the guy, you have your goalie. You sign, you say, Hellebuck, I'll give you three years making what you're making now. Because goalies aren't making $7, 8000000 million a year. This is not the market. Uh, I, I don't want to see it happen, but if it happened, it wouldn't surprise me. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad move. Um, yeah, I just don't think it's needed. I have nothing against him. He's an amazing goalie. And I think that if the Devils think they're going to win a cup in the next one to three years, then that's only going to help. Um, I just happen to think Schmidt's the guy, and I, and I want to give him that chance. But, uh, you know, Mr. Bradpack, your thoughts? I'm going to be honest. I stopped listening for a moment. I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that question? Hell of a Yes, no. Uh, no, you know what? Um, I think when you look at Fitzgerald's like vision for the team, it's very big picture, long term. Um, Hellebuck might give us a better chance in the next year, two years, three years, but I think I, I think it's been pretty um, explicitly set at eight years for for the Hughes contract. So if you get a price that can't be beat, maybe sure, but. I think we've seen that goaltenders specifically are volatile enough that if you think Schmid is the guy and you can hold on with Vanacek, which Vanacek absolutely faltered in the playoffs, no doubt, but won 40 games this year, I think. Don't check me on that. Um, you know, there's no reason to not run it back with those two. So it, 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 if you get a price that can't be beat, sure. But I, I don't think the Devils are, you know jumping to make that move so at, at the at the detriment of the team i would not make that move yeah 33 wins by the way yeah no that's what i said <laughs> who hellebuck no vtech no nah, don't worry VTech. about it uh, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to see uh where hellebuck ends up because everyone wants out of winnipeg and I, if I, I had a guess if i had a guess if i had to put money down on it I'd say Carolina would be pick would be my top choice because they've been looking for an upgraded goalie forever and they have cap space. Um, followed by there was somebody else I had in mind, but I just I just lost it. But yeah, I think that would be my top pick. Would be maybe Buffalo. If they by must the way, take. shout out to the Rangers fan I saw on Twitter suggesting that they trade for Hellebuck as a backup for Shesterkin. God. Um, Ricky, <laughs> I'm just going to ask you a favor for the future. Try to recognize when I'm about to start slamming Winnipeg and just let me go. <laughs> they don't oh even have God. an airport. Well, what else are you going to say about that dusty ass city that you haven't already said? This is a Winnipeg hate podcast now. 
while one of you dudes was going off on a tangent, I forget what it even was at this point. I was looking at Instagram stories, and my friend Allison that lives in Winnipeg was out and about doing something. And just in her Instagram story, you could just tell that place is just dusty and dirty. and just gray. Like no, it, it, yeah, it's no Columbus is like Monte Carlo compared to Winnipeg. I'm not <laughs> even kidding. I've been to both places. Um, no, but no, the Winnipeg, what it brought up was uh, the whole thing about Dubois wanting nine million dollars. Holy shit, right? <laughs> um, and they're not going to arbitration. They did not select to go to arbitration with them. No, they literally said, bro, you're crazy enough that we're just not even going to bother. I think yep. they're just going to trade him for whatever they can get for him and just say whatever team, like, he's your problem now. Um, yeah. I mean, I you know, I thought I thought his numbers were worse than they are, but he's not what he thinks he is. No, but, like, I don't even think the, the Habs are, are excited that this dude apparently wants $9 million. They're not going to pay him that. Nobody is. No, so, you know, and that's another better thing. Learn, you don't... <laughs> better learn Chinese. <laughs> Why? What are you going to... Where is he going to speak Chinese? Nobody's gonna pay him nine million. Oh my god, forget it. I'm lost. I, I enjoyed watching that happen, honestly. What happened? I guess. <laughs> what am I like, missing? R- no, Ricky, Ricky okay. trying to present a meme to you, and you'd be like, "What was that?" Andrew was out in the woods looking at birds when that meme came across Twitter. <laughs> Dude, was it was it yesterday morning? No. No, oh. it's been around for it's been around for a while. <laughs> Just yesterday morning, I was standing in front of a, a patch of trees for damn near about an hour, hoping that a Baltimore Oriole that wouldn't stop singing was going to come out and let me take a picture of him, and he never did. And that day goes from I'm having a really good time to me driving home and watching birds fly in front of my car and going fucking birds. I don't want to see another fucking bird for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, so, but anyway. Um, that's all I got. Anybody else want to talk about something? No, we got all off season to talk about it. Brad was obviously the big news. <laughs> yeah, do you guys? Do you guys think uh, we talked about contract? Do you think Meyer gets done this year, or do they? Do they? You know, go to arbitration and we wait. We deal with this shit all again next year. I think he gets done like in a couple of days. You know, I, is... I really think it was an insurance thing. I think they get it done. Yeah, I, I just have so much confidence now in this GM that we have and the team that he's put together. And I think he has accomplished what he has set out to do and have the team in the area sell itself to these players. And we're no longer the team that nobody wants to play for. Um, and this dude's building a freaking juggernaut that the window wasn't even supposed to be open yet. I, I was thinking like two years into Luke Hughes's career, this team would start to compete for stuff. Um, so... I don't know. I as you know, if I'm thinking pretending to be Timo Meyer, I think there's a lot to be said about having friends on this team that are younger than him that are going to be there for his entire career. Um, you know, the New York City thing is something. It, New York City people want to live near there, whatever. You can live in anonymity here in New Jersey and go to New York whenever you want. Um, and even when you go to New York, if you're like Igor Sharangovich and you wear a devil's hat. And a devil shirt walking down Fifth Avenue, still nobody's going to talk to you. Um, nobody cares. So I, j- I just think there's no reason for him to not be here. And maybe they'll negotiate. Maybe he'll try to get as much money as he can. But I, I think he signs pretty soon. If he signs eight times eight, we're going to have BP back on the podcast just so he can say I was right. 
It'll be oh, like a dude, I, second episode. If, if he signs eight for eight, we could do a video podcast of me kissing <laughs> your feet, man. While we're all eating pork chops? <laughs> While we're all eating um, pork chops paid for by me. <laughs> I don't even care the term, man. He signs... Oh, well, well, it's eight by eight, but whatever. Um, it, well, no, if he signs any amount of years at $8 million a year, man, pork chops on me, video live stream, I don't give a shit, man. Make it happen. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, that's all I got. I mean, we'll be back when something else happens, and hopefully that's soon. We'll be Otherwise, back in a couple of days when Timo signs his contract. Well, if, if not, the draft is coming up, and we'll have a lot to talk about there. Um, we're good, probably we can do an entire podcast on all of the teams that are going to trade their draft picks, and then none of it happens. Well, I I think I think Brett's deal getting done frees them up now to to start making some moves because they know. You don't know what Timo's going to get, but you know he's getting at least 8.5, right? You so now you... Whoa, whoa, just, whoa, 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 Moving the goalpost to secure the uh, pork chop. I like it. <laughs> I'm just saying. 8.5 would be his arbitration number, so he's not... If you don't sign him, you know, the, mo- the most he's making is 8.5. So you start working on Hall quick. You start working on some of these smaller deals and look at, you know, start working on trading Blackwood to, uh, I won't say China... Uh, to Russia or something. Um, get out from oh, under him. I feel like he'd like Russia. Maybe. Nah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think that deal opens things up because, like you, we've been saying, you've been saying to me, and I, you know, we've both been saying, like, we can't do anything until we know what the salary cap's going to look like and what these two deals are going to look like. But I think Brad taking that deal, and they know roughly at, at worst. Uh, in their minds, that eight point five would be the most he's going to get, unless they're willing to do more than that. So, you know, I, I really think that we're going to start seeing some movement on some of these contracts pretty quick. Good stuff. Absolutely. Well, thanks. I think everybody. Hall gets done next very quickly. Me too. Three times. Um, thanks, Brad Pack, for coming in. Congrats to you. You you get to keep your account going. You get to keep yeah. pissing people <laughs> off. You know, um, I I got to say real quick. Uh, the last twelve months of. What are you going to make your account when Brat walks next summer? Uh, I don't miss any of it. I'm already over it. Uh, if I can, I can I curse on this podcast? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, fuck you if you said that to me. <laughs> no, all you need, <laughs> all no, you need to do is write a couple tweets uh, for yeah. future apologies that you're going to have to send out. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to take a few days. I'll do better. Oh, you know, just get a couple of those. All right. <laughs> Here we go. No, because no, you're going to say something that you think is funny at the time. All right. And... <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, um, it, 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 I got over it very quickly. I'm very happy that it's over. Um, I'm sure everyone will develop something new in overpaying him or whatever. But um, seriously, I'll be honest I, with you. During yeah. this podcast, I saw a tweet come across trashing you. Oh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> it was it they didn't up. tag you in it, and they were like, Great, now I gotta listen to this guy for another eight years. Yeah, he blocked me anyway or some shit. I was like, you know what? You know what? Get shit on, loser. Anyway, (laughs) um, no, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy. I'm happy that it got done. I'm happy to be over all this nonsense. Um, and if I could just close with one statement, I would just say, Jesper Bratt's the best player in the NHL. I'm not even gonna give you the satisfaction of doing an immediate sign off after that. Remember the last time? Remember the last time he was on? The first time he was on, he made us all say it at the same time. Yeah. All right. Well, weird. I'm not going to do. That. I mean, unless you guys want to, you know. No, no I just, I just have to. I have to cover everything, and occasionally we do 
uh, cover the New York Red Bulls. So I just have to add in to end this podcast that they still fucking suck and they're a train wreck. And uh, yeah, and that's I, it. So. I, and yeah. Jesse March is out of the USMNT race as being Bring coach. him back to Harrison. Let's go, Jesse Marsh. Um, yeah, the Red Bull sucks. So anyway, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And uh, <laughs> you have a lovely day. And uh, we'll talk Ethan. to you soon. Yeah, whatever. Bye. Bye.